Hello, everyone, and welcome to You're on Fire, a Pokemon Unite podcast. I am Spraggles, your resident content cowboy here. Yeehaw, and this is a podcast hosted by myself and Crashy and Loosh. No Loosh here today, but hello, Crashy. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing very well. And, of course, we have a special guest on today's episode, the incredible Edible Doob Snacks. Hello, Doob. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Thanks for inviting me to take the spot of Loosh. I understand I need to complain a lot about Lucario. Mm-hmm. I need to complain a lot about a cute charm. So I'm locked and loaded, ready to do that. Perfect, man. Well, I'm so happy you are here. You are one half of uh, Unite Mics with the incredible Zoinks. You're a Pokemon Unite caster for people who have not seen you. You've been on every official Pokemon Unite broadcast. I think uh, you're the eyes in the sky on Aos Island. You let us know a Donnybrook is coming. I mean, it's been uh, a real treat to cast alongside you. And obviously, you're crushing out there. So thanks so much for being here, Dupe Snacks. Uh, I'd like to start off, I think, with a few questions for Dupe Snacks. Before we get into today's topics, which are regionals coming up, Del Fox, World Championships, Year 2, a lot of amazing stuff. But I'd like to start with just uh, finding out a little bit about your journey to Pokemon Unite, if you want to give us maybe the cliff notes of that. Yeah, so uh, let's go back in the Wayback Machine. It's kind of crazy we were just talking about it. Um, But I got a taste of casting at the Pokemon TCG regional level, uh, and I think it was... Uh, St. Louis, Missouri, like 2017. Um, that's when I decided I need to qualify for Worlds to give myself credibility so I could kind of leverage that into more casting opportunities. Qualified in 2018, started casting Pokemon regional events, uh, 2018, 2019. Got to travel North America, do that. It was great. Um, well, when the COVID, uh, situation happened, we were kind of on lockdown. That kind of, you know, what is this? fun thing. Crashy, have you heard of this? COVID? COVID? Have you heard of it? Have you heard of this? Have you heard of it? Have I didn't heard of hear about this. Okay. Um, so that kind of shut things down. Of course, there's still online events going on, but it's not the same. Uh, but Pokemon Unite was announced. Uh, Pokemon is an IP I care about quite a bit. It's a community that I'm kind of entrenched in as a whole. Um, and honestly, my casting style, as those of you that have heard, uh, isn't really indicative to a TCG, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, so I thought maybe this is a little bit more my lane. Uh, so kind of in May of, I guess, 2021, I started really... Uh, kind of focusing in, honing in on uh, commentary, what my kind of my uh, my voice is, um, and then as soon as uh, there were games to be cast, I started asking streamers for their vods to cast over it, and just took off from there. Built a decent portfolio that um, I guess whatever I was doing and the experience I had at that point in time uh, got me in link. Was found by Esports Engine, who asked me to uh, to take the ride with them. So that's that's the long and the short of it. So and as a you, player, uh, I'm, I'm garbage. So. Did you did you already know Zoinks coming into Unite? Like, had you already had that kind of like duo setup? Yeah, actually. So I came up with the idea for Unite mics, and I was kind of pitching it around to actually some other TCG commentators that I know um, that were interested in kind of going through the same stresses that I was. That loved commentary, but the opportunities kind of dried up. Um, and we had kind of at first I had three, but you know to make two casting pairs was kind of the idea. And Zoinks is actually somebody I know through D and D and also Pokemon TCG commentary. They're like, "Hey, this is something that really interests me. You want to? Uh, would you mind if I join along?" I was like, "Heck yes, 100 um, percent." But at that point in time. They wanted to do play-by-play. I was like, I really need a color commentary to square up these two pairs. Um, he's like, yeah, no problem. I'll do I'll do color. Uh, of course, fast forward, and uh, him and I kind of completely bought in a thousand percent, and 
fortunately or unfortunately, the other two commentators, as events started back up, were picked back up by the official Pokemon TCG uh, streams. So we lost them, and it was like, okay, this is this is the Zoink show. It was us kind of carrying the load anyways, so let's make it uh, just a duo thing, just him and I. And uh, he locked in the color role. Of course, I've been in play-by-play, and we've been uh, running it down ever since. So we had there, the, uh, oh, I was going to okay. say, we had the most recent, like, Start GG tournament, and I do my little watch party stream, so I'm sitting there watching, and I was like, man, like, I, I did this whole spiel, I could go probably find it in the VOD, I was like, I was thinking about it, I was like, do you know how genius it is to take a casting duo and brand it, and then push it in a scene, because casting, for a lot of people that don't know this, with, with, with newer games, that's how casters get found. You start grassroots, you pull them up, they work, they work, they work, they build the reputation, then everybody knows them. Next thing you know, when the organizers start coming in, who do they find, right? Who do they naturally stumble across? So I was like, man, that was so genius. I said, every time a tournament happens, you know what they do? They do the simple, it's super simple now. They go, hey, let's pick one part Spraggles and two parts Unite Mics, right? Like, boom, like, boom, boom. They just kind of yoink y'all up and it, it works really cleanly. And I was like, man, that really worked out. I was like, that was a pretty, pretty solid idea. That yeah, is really I, smart. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I wish I had the kind of the distant foresight. I just kind of knew the we wanted to document the tournament scene or the competitive scene we wanted to document our own improvement because i think that's important too right so you know you don't just want the oldest videos out there and you certainly don't want the newest videos uh because you know you could just put out your best game or whatever and then people just okay like there's no real depth to that um and building up that library between him and I uh, have, of course, kind of leveraged these opportunities, which has been great. And, uh, you know, the Scooby Duo, because it's Doof Snacks and Zoinks, is probably my favorite uh, moniker that we've picked up throughout the throughout this time. Um, but it's good. I mean, it's good. It's good from top to bottom. I can't complain. I can't complain at all. I, I, there, I have a few thoughts on this. Uh, first off, I love the idea of you commentating on the card game. Not because I don't think you'd be great at it, but yeah, you do play-by-play, and you have an amazing ramp-up, and you're like, and the squirrel, they're eating them for dinner. They're going down to the bayou. Here we go. Surf's up, Greninja. Like, you have a whole thing. I just can't imagine you doing that at a slow pace, like so flipping I the cards. I will I will uh, pitch this out there for anybody that doesn't know. There is a, 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 an amazing like regional top four, top eight match. It was a top eight match where somebody takes all six prizes, if you're familiar with the TCG, to win the game in one turn. And it's the only time that's ever happened with a GX attack. And I'm actually the one casting it with one of my best friends, Jeff Saran Rap Saran. Um, and it is probably the hypest moment that the Pokemon TCG has ever seen. And we, I do get to come unglued. And that's the moment that I realized, like, this is the high that I'm chasing. Like, this moment yeah. right here. And I, as much as I love the card game, it just doesn't really It's like you got to find give that. You found, like, that voice on accident, right? Like, that's kind of, exactly. that's actually pretty awesome. That's a really cool story. I'll have, uh, is there like a clip of it? Is like, I'll have to watch it at some point if there is. Just, just look up, uh, it's Waylord six prize turn. And I'll, it I'll, I want to find that. I want to, I want to see the origin. This has been a, this has been a good origin story of the Doom Snacks really and Spikes Unite Mics. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I also love that you were looking for someone to do color commentary because there was a time when I was asked to do commentary and they were talking about play-by-play and color, and I truly had no idea what they were talking about. I was just thinking, <laughs> I don't know. what. Yeah, I'll do that. I I don't even know the difference. But you obviously much more professional than uh, I am with casting and everything. Well, thank you so much for being here, Dupe Snacks. We got a bunch of stuff to get into today. I have more questions for you, but I want to talk a little bit about the 
most recent fox added to Pokemon Unite. That is the Delphox released last week. Yes, last week. Last week. It will not be playable for the regional uh, championships coming up or the regional qualifiers, however they would like to uh, name that. I, I actually don't remember. Uh, it will not be legal for that, but I do think this Pokemon could shift up the meta quite a bit. I'd like to hear everyone's first impressions on it. Why don't you uh, start us off, Crashy? Yeah, so um, just to take a little micro step backwards, I think they're just calling it regional finals, but it's because they have like a their own like a new version of the emblem or like the logo. I saw on Twitter, it's like got a, the word finals really big across it. So I don't know semantics. Just saying. Um, yeah, Delphox. I should know. I should. Yeah, I honestly you, you should, should know. know. But that's not the point. Delphox. Mm, mm, okay, here we go. I think this is. Probably my favorite character in the game. Probably my favorite release in the game. It fits one of my favorite roles, and it hit, and it hits my favorite like fantasy game archetype. It's a fire mage. I played fire mage in World of Warcraft. I always play casters in fantasy games. It 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 feels incredibly strong. I don't. It, there's parts of it that I think might be a little overtuned, but it doesn't feel broken, right? It's not Sylveon, Greedon, Blastoise broken. Mm, this one, this one hit. It hit different on this release. I love this character so much, man. It's it's amazing. I really do love it. Dube Snacks, what are your thoughts? My first thought was, uh, first time I queued into a game against a Delphox was, what is Fire Spin and why is it ending my career? Uh, <laughs> so that was my, so I immediately went and picked up Delphox. Like, I need to figure this out. I've had a lot of fun. I'm not particularly great at the character. As everybody out in there knows, I'm just not a very solid Pokemon Unite player. As I love talking about it, but I can't actually execute on the information <laughs> that I have in my brain. You're not um, a bad player, though. You're pretty good we'll, at the we'll game. We'll say lukewarm. I'll go with lukewarm. Um, right. But I just like Crashy, I was like, man, this is different. This is a lot of fun. You know, you can fire spin and kind of everybody's initial inclination to run away from the fire spin, but it's still going to catch them. And by the time they get caught up in it, the next one's right on their tail. Um, it's just a fun play pattern that I've really, really enjoyed. Um, and it has made me flex out of my uh, kind of defenders and support <laughs> characters that I usually tend to, to lean into. So I've enjoyed Del Fox quite a bit. Yeah, I have to say I, I'm... I haven't really got to sit down and talk to you about it at all, Crashy. We've kind of messaged back and forth a little bit, but I felt the exact same way about mm -hmm. Delphox. This is probably one of my favorite releases that they've ever put into the game. It's powerful, but of course, yes, not Duraludon overpowered or anything like that. On stream, I was having so much fun with this Pokemon. Probably the most fun I've had with a release since... I'm trying to think back. I can't remember the last release that I was this stoked on. I, I don't know. It's just a blast to play, a fire blast to play. I think Fire Spin is absurd, and I guess we'll transition into talking about its movesets and stuff like that now. Fire Spin is crazy. I'm sad because I know that they're going to tune it down in yeah. some way. Uh, which actually hurts my heart a little bit because I don't think the character overall is broken or overpowered. Mm -hmm. I actually think it's pretty reasonable. I just think Fire Spin is an unbelievable menace. I love it so much. If you're not playing Fire Spin, I do believe you need to go to jail, not for a long time, but maybe at least a few months, just so you can start to kind of understand what's important in life, and that's playing Fire Spin. But uh, Dupe Snacks, tell me a little bit when you've played. Delphox or played against Delphox, what have you noticed uh, moveset-wise or build-wise that you think is really shining? 
Yeah, so I've been using Fire Blast Fire Spin is, is kind of what I've been defaulting to with a couple pairs of glasses. I think I threw Buddy Barrier on there just to try and hang out because it's uh, it does seem pretty squishy. So that's what I've been going with. Again, nothing too wild or off the rails. Uh, staying what I would consider is probably a more cookie cutter approach to it. What I have noticed, though, is its strength increases, like its potential increases, the least you're stacked up. So like in solo queue, I actually think it's at its strongest because people are less likely to have the Blissian pocket wearing full heels and stuff like that or don't have the dive potential through a couple players to take care of it. Whereas like if you're five stacking, I actually think to your point, Spraggles, it does level itself out really well and you can build around it with with some of your other players, uh, but it's certainly not as oppressive as it seems when you're like solo queuing or du- duo queuing. So that was kind of my initial reaction out of the gate. Yeah, what about you, Crashy? Uh, yeah, no. I, I, first of all, I mean, for sure, fire spin is is the way to go. I, um, I do want to see like a flame charge buff almost. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I think that the move. So for anybody that that like, if how do I want to word this? In my mind, the the character is designed really, really close to cram. You have like mage almost like hindrance kind of build, like mage burst hindrance build, and then you have like high mobility build, and so you have this like flame charge mystical fire and then that sets into resets flame charge mystical fire like kind of almost like step shoot step shoot almost like 80 carry mage play style and that one if you play that build path it's super fun you just can't really get the value that you need out of it and throwing like fire spin hitting somebody with something instant value like instant value and so that's definitely why the move set is 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 really good um i think I'm trying to think of an idea of how you could buff flame charge, but nonetheless, I think I do think that flame charge could get a small buff. But fire spin. Speaking of it, I'm I'm so terrified because I know how they they get a little knee jerk reactions to things, and um, I don't want them to butcher this move. I think if you nerf it, you have to do the smallest nerf, like maybe just like the chase time. You know how like it chases you for a decade. Maybe it could chase it's, you uh, for it's like too. It <laughs> is too long, but you're so right. I, I not to cut you off, but you're so right. Yeah. I feel like they just, if they're going to mess with it, please tiny, just like a little tiny. off the top. Yeah. We don't need a whole new haircut on this move right now. Sorry, please continue. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I just, I'm, I don't want them to butcher this character because it actually is super, super good. And so, for example, we're starting to see, um, or we're starting to see, I don't know how frequent, to be honest, but we see a lot of soft-boiled blissies in competitive, right? And you know, maybe this character brings the safeguard back to the forefront, right? Like, you know, you have to have that to kind of get out of the combo. You don't want to get caught in that. That pick is too strong. Like, and so there's, there's really good like counterplay and potential in this character. I really don't want to see it butchered. I love the unite move. I think it's cool. It's massive. It's anti heal, but it's also like AOE, like uh, damage over time. Uh, As for the build, I've been really running like two builds. I do, um, double glasses buddy barrier or I do choice focus buddy barrier it feels solid you just kind of have to give yourself that like beefiness I do feel like if you're not running buddy barrier on it you should try it it really does like save you sometimes you you pop that buddy barrier you get the, the kind of like the fast move speed you can run away and and kind of kite with fire spin and stuff so but I'm but. fully with you about the uh what is it flame charge am I getting that right mm-hmm. uh yeah. yeah I'm I I think that move is cool and it's weird because you just feel like uh, almost a worse cinderace a little bit i just think why why are we setting up sort of it, it basically feels like a pyro ball flame dash cinder just not 
as useful because your basic attacks aren't as good, even though your Unite move is pretty amazing. That Unite move, I also love it. Uh, you get it every two seconds inside the game, or it might be every second and a half. I'd have to check Unite DB. But you get it every two seconds inside the game. You have it up at every single important fight. It creates this area that the enemies don't want to fight in, but also this area that they have to avoid. The slow inside of it is pretty brutal as well, I've noticed. So it's just... Oh, I just love so much about this Pokemon. I'm a big Fire Spin guy because of that. While I actually love the way Fire Blast works, I have to play Mystical Fire, I feel like, just so I can get resets on Fire Spin. That's like my whole thought process of playing this character is how many times can I hit Fire Spin throughout this match. If I only do it 150 times, I'm losing. You need a, you need a Fire plus, Spin counter. That's a spin. Yeah, need, that's a spin. That's, that's a, a spin. spin. That's, <laughs> that's what I need is a counter for Fire Spin. So uh, I... I Man, I freaking love this Pokemon. The build that I've been using, there are a few. I actually, I saw, I think, yeah, it was your video, Crashy, talking about uh, Delphox builds. And I really agree with you. I feel like not only because of what's happened to some of the items lately, I feel like Delphox has so many build opportunities. Mm -hmm. You could play multiple glasses. You could you could stack. You probably don't need to, but you absolutely can. You can definitely run a buddy barrier. I think Energy Amp is really viable on this Pokemon. Uh, I think uh, Crit is... It's a dice roll, but critical hit is so fun in this Pokemon. When you hit someone for 3,000 damage with yeah. a single move, that's not... No one expects to be hit with that. I hit, like, I, an 1,100 Ember in laning phase as Finnegan. Yeah. And, I like, I like their health bar... It was like, I don't remember what character it was, but they were, like, half health. And I just throw out an Ember. I was like, oh, I'll poke at them. Boom, they died. I was like, oh. I had a scope lens on. I was like, oh, oh. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay. it's so fun. It's so freaking fun. So uh, mainly what I've been running, I think, has been the one I've had the most success with, I believe, is Choice Energy Buddy. Yeah. So I got that Energy Amp and that Buddy Barrier because you're Unite moving all. Basically, every all fight I go into, I'm alive and I'm kicking. I'm doing tons of damage when we started out. I, I do the little... I, I throw my fire spin, and if I catch their carry, I'm like, it's on. Fire spin, unite move, mystical fire, let's go. I'm trying to delete everything right away. I'm just having so much fun with this Pokemon. And I am curious to see what it's going to do to the competitive scene. I'd like to maybe get some of your thoughts on what teams might do with this here, Dupes Next. Really quick, Crash here, are we recording video? <laughs> we are recording video, thanks for <laughs> Okay, asking. great. Appreciate you. Uh, uh, do, do snacks. What do you think this could, where do you think this could slot competitively? And do you think teams would act, like try to bring this in? That's always the question, right? With like Azumarill, mm -hmm. are teams actually going to use this? Duraludon, obviously very much so. I'm wondering if you think teams would actually pick this up. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't give it a spin. I think it would be uh, give it a fire spin. Um, <laughs> I don't see why with a new character coming out, you wouldn't put it, especially with the, potential that we've just discussed ad nauseum. Um, in my mind, it kind of slots into that bot path attacker kind of spot. I think that's kind of a Fisher-Price answer, but it, I think it's just correct. Um, I think there's just stronger areas in the in the central area, stronger Pokemon in the central area that are probably more tried and true, and I don't think that's necessarily where you want to <laughs> make all your tests, right? Have all your experiment, experiments is kind of in that carry, carry spot. Um, so that's what I would anticipate seeing in the first uh, first couple weeks. Again, uh, because Blissey's so popular, because the inclination is to grab Safeguard, like, you know, does that really 
take off the potential that that Del Fox has maybe. Uh, but, you know, if I'm one of the teams that say, hey, prove it, prove it that you need to keep me off this thing with your Blissey and we'll go from there. Um, so I think it's yeah. definitely worth its testing grounds. I don't know if it'll actually uh, come to fruition anytime. I mean, obviously the biggest event we're having is this weekend and it's not legal for it. So, yeah. Yeah, I I think one of its biggest problems, and you brought it up, is Blissey. But I would assume, and I could be wrong here, I think Blissey is heading to Nerf Town. Like, they got a one-way t- ticket to Nerf Town because that Pokemon is crazy. It's on every single competitive team, almost, maybe every single one. It's like Hoopa crazy yeah, at this yeah. point. Uh, what do you think, Crashy? I mean, w- would you... In like with the Bandicoots, would you consider running Delphox in a slot? Yeah, the fun thing about being the Bandicoots right now is that since we're like new to coming back to five stacking, and we're not really a competitive team, the goal is really just to have fun in five stacks. Um, we can try all kinds of crazy stuff, and it doesn't matter if it works because we just like suck at the end of the day. Um, but the funnest thing is that yes, we've definitely been playing it in our five stacks. Um, but I'll go on ahead and reveal. Ever since I did a fun duo video with my jungler Gavin. I think we we did Delphox and Firespin, and we did Cram Hurricane Surf, and we were comboing it the whole game. We were just one-shotting everybody. I actually <laughs> want to give Gavin Delphox jungle, and I'm going to put Kipsune, my attacker, on Cram. So we're going to have, like, Cram solid lane, right? Um, but the reason why I want to put it in that way, too, not for the Cram jungle, is because Cram's early level, or, like, early levels in lane are really strong. Delphox mm. needs level 7 for Firespin. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna we're gonna rush the fire spin. We're gonna have the hurricane surf, and we're gonna like go first dread, and we're gonna be like hurricane surf grant like a fire spin combo. So I I don't know. I think that there's a lot of potential. I do think that the whole blissy argument as a counter is really important. But at bare minimum, the beauty of forcing a blissy to take safeguard is that if you force her to use the safeguard, you free up the next hindrance. So it's like it's guaranteed value by at minimum forcing them to counter the the fire spin because. If you're running Venusaur, they don't have to safeguard anything. You know, if you're running uh, Pikachu or if you're running, uh, you know, I guess you could safeguard like an Absol, um, like Sucker Punch or something. You get the point. But if you force the, the the safeguard, then you free up something else. So I do think that there's a, a lot of potential. I, I think if this character makes it unnerfed to the next like tournament, because like I said, re- like we said, regionals, it's not legal. Uh, we'll see a lot of competitive Delphox probably. I would hope so. I think this Pokemon is so cool, and you're right. Uh, not only do you force out a safeguard, but you force a build that maybe a team wants to run dual egg, and now they can't run dual egg because they see a Delphox there. Not that running safeguards is bad. We're like, oh, dang, I have to run one of the other best yeah. moves in the game. But at the same time, you are forcing a, a build. You are forcing safeguards out. Uh, something you guys, I mean, I know you guys will figure out the strategy, but I think actually even Dive Hurricane's pretty good. If you wanted to still have that hurricane, but then have the crazy, you know, dive mobility of cram. I've seen some teams running that and it's actually been pretty fun. I do hope we get to see Del Fox competitively. We won't see it this weekend at regionals, which is going to be, I mean, kind of crazy. I feel like a lot of things are going to change inside the uh, community for Pokemon Unite after regionals, basically. Um Let's get into it a little bit here. Well, uh, before I do, is there, does anyone have any parting thoughts on Delphox? I I really love it. I guess that's my parting thought. I'll, I'll just start my last point because I think I skipped over this. I actually, I love the fact that Mystical Fire and Fire Blast are both so viable with Fire Spin because mm-hmm. it, it, it comes down to play style. And I, that's what I like so much about Delphox outside of Flame Charge because I do, I do think Flame Charge is not super viable. But you have 
build diversity on this character playstyle. If you want to run energy amp, cool. If you want to run focus band, you want to run double glasses, you want to run a crit item, cool. It's like it's playstyle variants. Um, when it comes to mystical fire, or fine blast, fire blast, it's the same thing. I like fire blast. Fire blast like does more damage and it's got that like double hit, like you hit and then it pops. And I just feel like, oh man, when you land all of it at once, but it's also shorter range than mystical fire and it doesn't lower the cooldown. But it's I just love the the play style variants that this character brings. Although it's you know it's it's a mage, it does what it does, but you can do it like in your own style. So really cool thing. Yeah, dupe snacks. Yeah, uh, fanciful fireworks optically is a lot of fun to see on the screen. That's very it's, true. It's like it's awesome to use, but it also looks good, which is a good feeling as well. You're such a caster for knowing that that, <laughs> that unite move name. Like, do I you like, know? I, do, do you know why I know it? Because I have it pulled up right here. To my it's so I have it on the screen. Every time I like a joke about casters or something, like we were, we were, I was poking fun about Spraggles or something on my stream the other day, and um, I was like, there oh, going go. the center path, like or the center position, going top path. Because I don't say that stuff because I'm not, I'm not. Uh, initiated right you know i'm not in that mode but it's like y'all y'all are always like so particular and i love it because i know all about it man it's fun <laughs> that was one of the things when we were brought on i remember the first uh group that we were brought on for casting dupe snacks they had this whole list of things mm -hmm. that are specific to pokemon specific to pokemon unite and then things that are more known for other mobas they don't even want this called a moba it's a team battler pokemon get ko'd there's a top path you know they, they're very specific about all of it which i think makes total sense for pokemon to do but it was a, a bit of a learning curve and every once in a while i'm like here comes that jungler oh boy here we go i will <laughs> say this Center i will area. say this and something i identified and knew and if you go back to even our earliest videos i knew and it was something i talked to zoinks about uh on unite mics before we start recording these Pokemon are not killed, there's KO'd, and that's going to make a difference. That's yes. going to make a difference when people start watching these videos that we never say a Pokemon is killed. We are, yeah. So if you go back to even our very first casting video, it's something I was hyper adamant about before we even started. I was like, these things are KO'd or knocked out. Don't even touch it's, another word. It's and funny, it, I know we're... It, uh... No, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, so you can actually, that's something I'm pretty proud of, and I, I'll, I'll tip my own cap here, yeah. is that is from the beginning we've gotten that right. I know we, we hit this little casting tangent, but it's it's appropriate with the two of y'all um, casting regionals coming up. But it's funny because when the like the outside world, like because I've done casting in my past as well, when they don't really understand like what the the job of the caster is to do, they kind of like question like why do they do it that way? Why do they say it that way? And it's like well they have to. It's for the branding. It's for the game to be all above board and proper. But sometimes I'll even see the sentiment of like why is this caster explaining the most basic things in the game? And it's like, well, they're storytellers, right? They're, 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 they're mm -hmm. marketing the game to someone who may be watching it for the first time. So you'd be saying something like, Oh, you know, the v Vespa Quinn and Combi's coming up at eight 50. That's going to be a large source of experience. Everybody's going to want to be contesting that. And it's like, why is a caster saying that? Like, we already know that. And it's like, cause they're, they're explaining the game to someone who might not know. And it's, it's, so it's always funny to explain that people are like, why do they do that? Like, oh, can it. I, yeah. pick, can I piggyback off that real quick? Just yeah. for I'm moment. not going to allow it. I'm not going to allow the piggyback. <laughs> All right. Here. No piggyback. Next topic. Yes, of um, course. Of so course. we got put, I think it was for the AOS cup Sunday. We got put on the front page and Spraggles and Jeff had the first match, right? So there was like 18,000 people in there. And they did exactly what you're talking about, Crashy. Really broke the game down to its bare bones, to its most critical basics. 
And something that I, again, I'm, I'm super proud of just the casting team is then it switched to Zoinks and I, and then we got to do what we did. Like we ramped it up. So because people had the bare bones and then how Zoinks and I do, which is just kind of an energy filled kind of, I mean, we ended up keeping nine, 10 K even after we fell off the front page, which in terms of like retention and conversion, when it comes to Twitch front page to not being on front page was ridiculous. It was huge. And I think just that casting kind of projection through the time on the front page and then for retention uh, was amazing. And I don't think it's anything we actually pseudo planned out, but it's just roles we hit immediately, right? Yeah. So when Spragles and Jeff went in, they had clearly had, hey, we need to break this down. We need to make sure everybody understands what's happening. And then Zoinks and I were messaging each other like, look, they have set this thing up for us to beat the brakes off of it and just blow the doors open. So let's do that. And then, then we got to just kind of go off the rails and go hog wild. And that's part of the, the experience, right? You have to kind of work in tandem to understand which notes you need to hit at what point to keep the viewership, to keep people interested, and to keep people uh, wanting to, you know, download the game and, and join our community. Yeah, I would say, interestingly enough, I didn't even know we were on the front page. I just, that's the most I can do is bare bones, kind of break down the basics. Yeah, that so ain't that's true. what that ain't I true. did. That ain't true. Uh, I got the chats back and forth. You knew, you knew, you knew what you were doing. Uh, but yeah, I, that was actually a really fun moment and you're right, Crashy. This is, this is something that I think about a lot is, um, there are new people watching that have no idea what this is. So you have to be able to be accessible to them. There are also people who have watched a million of these. So you have to, you know, do something for them. And then outside of all of that, I do try to keep an element of storytelling when I'm casting a little bit. I want people to feel that moment of like, their championship is on the line. You know, I want that to be a bit of it there too, because yeah, I mean, you could of course just go, and there goes Greninja. He's jumping over, probably going to throw the Unite move here. And he does. They don't secure Zap. So they're down by 200. They're going to lose this one. Like, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, you could I, I do that, but I feel like the, having uh, a story in there is, is really exciting. Some of the best casting I've seen are from the casters and the talent that, either are so well-rooted in the game that they know their history or do the research into their history. So, you know, you can go into, say, like a random gaming cast and you can, like, speaking of, like, re I mean, this is coming up, right? Like, this is literally coming up yeah. for y'all. You're going to be talking about random gaming and you can throw in that element of, like, bruv, you know, the newest member of random gaming really pulling this roster together. Like, the, the, the history behind this, this has become the super team of EU, you know, months of, you know, playing with this team and just, like, really laying out the full story of, like, oh, wow. Let me I write that down. <laughs> yeah. super no, team. seriously, like, the whole story of, like, months. oh, wow, I didn't realize how much has actually cascaded down to this moment. And when you can tell that story to a viewer and they, they like, they feel the severity of that one 10-minute window... Like, that's what makes casting much more than just calling what we're seeing before our eye. Anybody can watch and see it before your eyes, but it's the story. It's the immersion of, like, wow, I can feel the weight of what, you know, Bruv is going through, right? Like, I can feel how much has actually gone into this one 10-minute window. That's that's when that's when the casters are, are really, like, at their peak performance. It's amazing. Yeah, let's talk about regionals. I mean, now that we're here, I mean, in a few days... We are going to see what teams from every single region around the world are heading to world championships. As I said earlier, this is going to do really interesting things to the community around this game because obviously a lot of teams that aren't going. I mean, you're going to see teams exploding left and right. You're also going to see 
Uh, some you we have to see a few upsets. You know that you're going to see an upset here or there. I don't know where it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but someone that's a lock is probably not going to Worlds, which is crazy to think about. Uh, I think what it's going to do to the game is just... I, I mean, it's like the Thanos snap a little bit. Everything is going to change uh, after regionals here. I'm incredibly excited. There are so many storylines around it to follow. I'm not even sure where we should begin with it. Let's let's just start talking about North America since that's where we all are right now. Uh, are any of you international currently filming somewhere else? No? no, we are recording video. Uh, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about North America and kind of what we expect to see coming out of that. Why don't Why don't you uh, start us off here, Dupe Snacks? Uh, well, I don't know what we're going to see out of it, and I think that plays exactly to what you just said. There's going to be upsets somewhere. There's going to be broken hearts somewhere, um, and there's going to be you know a, a gut check for everybody that doesn't qualify. Um, what I'm most concerned about, <clears throat> of course, is how these teams rebound uh, going into Worlds and then kind of like being on ice for so long. How are they going to set themselves up for Season 2? But specifically for Regionals this weekend, I mean, I think it's easy to say, you know, like, you know, Gaming Gladiators, Full Send, Black Hand. Um, and you look Slow at teams down. Let like, me write this down. <laughs> so you start looking Full at sense. that and it's like, you know, Gaming Gladiators have gotten together and they're literally, you know, doing a boot camp to get ready for this. You know, the team that everybody at any given month would be like, yeah, Gaming Gladiators, like number one. But they haven't won every month, right? They just, right. I mean, in one one month in March, they didn't even make the top four. But then you look at a team like Blackhand, who's made top four every single time, but never gotten second place. And they need at least a second place finish to qualify, right? So what, how are they going to transcend that? Then you look at Full Send, which has been an absolute roller coaster. But then you have a Felian Esports, right? That's always there. That's always causing static. That's always giving teams trouble. That is upsetting these teams left and right. And then, of course, you look down the roster. And these top 16 teams, there's been a couple upstarts. You think of, like, in February finals, Gengar's Goons. Where do they come from, right? They beat the pants off some of the best teams and made it into the top four. Is that another heroic story that's going to happen? That's what I'm keeping my eye on it. Because I think North America is the most volatile uh, to see who actually comes out of it. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of hearts broken uh this weekend that is without a doubt yeah i mean without question i think it's the it's been the region with kind of the most fluctuation right which Mm -hmm. is interesting in my mind that would lead me to believe it's the most competitive region i'm not sure if i'm just maybe maybe that's just you know me being here in north america thinking no it's crazy crazy competitive but if i was somewhere else i would think something else but yeah i mean given that other regions have teams that have won literally every single one of them or almost every single one yep. of them. And North America has been a little different. You're right. It's it's hard to kind of speculate what we're going to see. I think a lot of people would probably expect to see teams like Full Send, Game and Gladiators, Blackhand, things like you mentioned. I, I think I wrote down some others while you were speaking. But uh, all of those teams do very, very well. But who knows? And throughout the game of Pokemon Unite, there are times where... You just have one match that doesn't go your way. You kind of get stomped. And then you have another match that gets flipped on you. And all of a sudden, you might not be heading to uh, Worlds anymore, which is kind of crazy to think about. What are your thoughts on uh, North America or regionals broadly here, Crashy? Yeah, it's it's weird not uh, it's weird to step into this conversation and and to not have like a regional bias, right? Like I think like I look at the rest of the world in one. The reality is like if if you want to be full, just cut to the chase. I don't have time to watch every region. 
I can't invest myself in the players of every region. Like I can't get context. It's so when I'm looking at the world stage, it's really, really hard. But one thing I'll say is that North America's tournaments are always massive. Like there's always a ridiculous amount of teams. LCQ was massive. There was a lot of talent that came together for that. There's a lot of dark horse teams. The top four in North America are it's incredibly volatile. But then the like the, the anywhere between like five to eight is are all really good rosters too. And it just depends on how they play on the day. Like it wouldn't actually surprise me if a team that has been like consistently placing like fifth, sixth, even went mm -hmm. to worlds. That literally wouldn't surprise me yeah. if um I can't even think of a roster off the top of my head. But if like, I, I, I was just thinking of, of IX. Exactly. Yes. Like IX yeah. IXGT could literally blow through the bracket and like next thing you know they hit winners grand finals and they're like, Oh my God, we're like winners finals. Like we could potentially go to worlds in one more game, you know, like one right. more series. And, and that could actually happen. And it, so North America, incredibly volatile, but the thought process behind that sentence is that I, I do think that it's the most competitive region because there's been so many swaps. It feels like there was like a layer of desperation with some of these roster changes where it's like, we have to be good enough, right? Like we have to make drastic changes without sacrificing skill, without sacrificing the work ethic. And I do think it's 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 really comfortable to just say like GG will probably make it, and I do feel that way. But they could also not make it. Yeah, you never know. And 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 so North America is gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. I think it would probably be the craziest region, but you're right. I'm I don't know enough about what's happening in Japan to know yeah. like Secret Ship. I I know them. I think we'll probably see them, right? Or you know, I know about Eternity in Korea. I know about Ground Zero, um, <laughs> but I don't know enough about all the regions to say it is the the one I probably know most about is NA, and then of course EU, which we can talk about here in a minute. Uh, one real quick thing I wanted to talk about because uh, Dupes next, you brought this up, uh, the boot camp that Game and Gladiators at, and I know a lot of teams are figuring out kind of their own little boot camp and things like that. Uh, I gotta say, when I see pictures and stuff of that, I'm just so I'm so stoked for them, but then also like there's a part of me that's like, oh, I'm so jealous. How yeah. fun must that be yeah. to be with your crew in that space? Like, I don't know, man. I, I never, I will never be a professional video game player on a tournament level or anything like that. And I just, I see things like that and I think, man, that must be such an experience. Like, you got to soak every second of that in because that feels just so incredibly cool. No, I mean, I, you see those pictures and first off getting to see, uh, you know, the players behind the Pokemon that you see on your screen for these big events is, is just one thing, right? It kind of brings it more to reality. Uh, but you're taking a look and they're setting the bar pretty high. Uh, Gaming Gladiators, again, the most established team, the most winning team in NA. If you go back through the annals of the short Pokemon Unite history, um, and the fact that they're the ones going above and beyond and boot camping as well, they literally had a player move to North America to keep the squad together. Like their roots run deep and they grow through adversity. And that's something I've absolutely beat the brakes off of. If you want your team to transcend and be winners, you have to be able to stick together and overcome adversity. Gaming gladiators didn't step back and punt in March when they didn't even crack the top four, right? They said, nope. 
we took we took a fat L when they got when they got scrubbed in the big grand finals in the AOS Cup. What they didn't, you know, literally. I think Goof tweeted like we like we we lose, we game, we stay friends, and he was like back in the gym that night or whatever, right? Like, hey, we lost, we'll get better, we're, we're, we'll be better, we'll move forward. And I think just the bar that Gaming Gladiators is setting for the Unite scene as a whole, but especially in North America, is one that every team should strive for if they want to ultimately take that top spot. That's the thing. That's why everybody has so much faith in gaming gladiators because they don't go away they don't get rattled they don't get shaken they just grow and get better and at some point they've just been on top so long that they're just trying to stretch that lead out like taffy it's going to be tough to beat them this weekend especially because of the boot camp yeah absolutely let's talk about eu a bit um Again, we could probably go through every region and uh, talk about some of the big teams. We'll kind of briefly talk about EU, and then we could just talk about regionals more broadly, uh, if anyone wants to jump in on that. Obviously, EU, I feel like random gaming is just... Uh, if random gaming doesn't make it to Worlds, I'll I'll eat my hat. I mean, this is maybe the best team in Pokemon Unite. They've kind of set the meta. I said this the other day that they've kind of set the meta, and I even saw some Japanese teams playing very much like random uh, gaming was playing, and people were going, Japan, the Japanese would never copy uh, another strap. And I'm like, I don't know. I think random gaming is kind of setting uh, the, the meta for the world at times. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see what happens in EU, but also a really competitive region with you know five or six teams that are all very possible uh teams to make it to worlds for sure like there are a lot of great ones Yerman burger flippers pog champ uh five i i mean there are there are a lot of super solid teams in eu what do you think uh about um eu or again again it could just be regionals broadly if you want crashy um yeah no uh to speak to eu i think that when you see roster changes happen in a region, there, there's sometimes like a couple of things that I've noticed over like the years with different team games. And sometimes you get these big shuffles where it feels like you get like two and two here, one moves here, blah, blah, blah here. And then other times you have like a super team get created where it's like some, like two of the best teams, like it kind of implodes. And then it leads to this one roster. And it's like, Oh God, this grouping got this pairing or like this group got this guy now it's like over and that's almost what it feels like with random like when bruv went to random it's like oh god like oh my gosh like that's it's like the eu super team so looking at eu there is a crazy amount of teams that are really good but i literally feel like every eu team is not even trying to beat game random they're literally just trying to make sure they can beat everybody else and, and that would obviously do it because of the, the amount of slots they have. So random, and you can go back and look at the history of like their monthly uh, tournaments. They have been the most diverse kind of team that like in terms of strategy and comp that I feel like I've seen. And I, I can't speak to that literally, but the thing that's going to win worlds, the thing that's not just going to make it to past regionals, the thing that's going to win worlds is being in that venue and adapting to the meta of the world. Because we've never had, you know, all these teams play together at each at each other. And and I feel like from where I sit now, random seems like the most adaptable team in the entire world. And so going into regionals, I highly expect them to make it. Going into worlds, I expect them to maybe be a top three team at minimum. I think that random is gonna go like almost go the distance. 
They could go the distance. What do you think, Dupe Snacks? Uh, no, I, I echo what Crashy said 100%. I mean, Random Gaming has had a stranglehold on the EU region, and it's literally, you know, who's fighting for scraps to, to be second place. That's really what it's felt like. You have mentioned a ton of competitive teams. Unfortunately, it's kind of like Random Gaming and then a pool of competitive teams that are all kind mm-hmm. of clawing at mm-hmm. each other. Um, but to exactly what Crashy said, the, how malleable they are is amazing. The adjustments they make on the fly is impressive. And we've seen it happen in actual tournament settings. And I think the the difference between like Random Gaming and we'll even say Full Send, the team that also won the AOS Cup, is Random Gaming established a strategy that was so strong on the fly that Full Send ha- took the playbook and adapted it. So Full Send has the skill set to win games, of course, but were they the ones that were on the cutting edge of technology, air quotes? No, that was random gaming. They had to feed the playbook to, to full send for them to, to execute on it. And when you're that far ahead and you can come up with a plan and execute on that plan and do it well, that's a recipe for success, especially on the world stage where it's going to be, you know, a microcosm of, uh, or excuse me, like a small, like biodome of, of, competitive strategies where you're going to have to adjust and figure it out on the fly, even by other regions, right? So, hey, how do I adjust to to the Japanese team versus the OC, OCE team versus North America? And Random Gaming's got that in spades. Crashy, I think you got to bang on top three teams. Sounds very reasonable to me. Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally agree. I'm glad we got a Biodome reference in. You always got to get one every podcast. Uh, I, I think it's... Uh... Man, they're just so incredible. I do want to shout out really quick. I know we're talking a little bit about EU. Full send, I have to give them, I mean, such huge props for what they did because, yeah, they took a strategy that they saw an hour before and they were so good that they go, we can make, we can do this. We can do this in one hour. We can figure out how this strategy works and we can play it. It's almost like a trick play. It's like they did some Mighty Duck stuff. There's knuckle pucks <laughs> happening or something. Like Full Send was able to switch things up. So I, I think when you have a team that adaptable, they're always a, a team to watch out for. But back to EU and random gaming just a little bit. Um, yeah, I think they're just nuts. I think they're just crazy. I think they might be the best team in the world. But of course, we don't know what it's all going to be like when they all meet up. I can't wait to see what that's like because this is just, as I'm thinking about it, this is just kind of what it feels like to me. It feels like and I don't know every region, but it feels like uh, Oceania, obviously, they, they live under the sea, so they have a different play style down there. But they're doing weird things that uh, we, we don't see as much in other regions. So I can't wait to see what team comes out of there. Uh, in Is it South America East, where XIS has won every single one of them? I can't wait to see what a dominant team like that does when they make it to the world stage. I feel like North America is very team fight focused and the team that comes out of North America or the two teams that come out of North America are probably going to be brutal to fight against. And then I feel like Japan and Korea to an extent feel like they're still focused on playing a different Pokemon Unite. They're playing, can we run the score up every single game and win that way? It's not a score comp necessarily, but I feel like North America is trying to win the fight. Japan's trying to win the game. Random Gaming's trying to change the Random Gaming's trying to do a little bit of both, change yeah. the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see all of these uh strategies collide here at Worlds. And uh I know I'm just kind of rambling, but I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what's gonna happen when these uh different metas all collide, Dube Snacks. What do you think? 
I well, we're definitely going to see what's who is right all along on the strategy approach, right? I hope what these teams do, and of course, language barriers and how early they get in. But I hope once these top sixteen teams are set, or top was it? Yeah, top sixteen teams are set that they start reaching out to each other to set up like, hey, when are you getting into London? When are you getting there? And see if they can start scrimming against each other. Um, however, they sort that out, whether it's through lands once they're there or setting them up online and just kind of dealing with the terrible ping just so they can kind of get some exposure. Uh, that's something I would be interested in if I was in their shoes, knowing full well that you're not necessarily tipping your whole hand, but any information, any modicum of information you can get from another region's strategy is going to be beneficial to you and help guide uh, your your progress to practice into Worlds ultimately. So I can't really speak to how they're going to play against each other strategically and what which strategy will shake out as the best, but I hope they at least take the advantage of once the teams are established that they start reaching out and trying to get some games in, uh, you know, for mutual benefiting, uh, beneficial results. Yeah, what do you think, Crashy? Um, yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to to see how they might like do that going forward, like or going into worlds i don't I, I know that the travel is covered so i can't imagine that they would be able to get there like too early or anything but if they did get there I, again i don't know you know pokemon company is going to handle all that but I don't, I don't know if they will maybe give them warm-up time or practice time before events that's not not super uncommon for like big land events and stuff like that uh would be really cool um but yeah i just think it's it, it's it, it truly is one of those things that like we're we're year one on this game we're going to the first worlds it's, it's just impossible to predict the cool thing is that th there's two things that I'm really excited about. The trickle-down effect or, or like the post-Worlds effect for the future of the game because you'll see what they're focusing on and that could change how everyone plays the game post-Worlds. When they all collide and they, 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 they can pick and choose pieces of each strategy and find the, like, the truest form of meta. Mm -hmm. Because if, like, let's say like Eastern teams come in and everything they try to do doesn't work. Like, like not at all. Like they're just getting crushed. Well, guess what? The Eastern playstyle that dies instantly. They start playing Western playstyle, or vice versa. Or everybody realizes that they were doing something wrong, and they start picking and choosing. So this could change the way that we look at Pokemon Unite forever. Um, the other thing that I'm super, super excited about is regionals will be the first big official tournament for India. And it'll be the first yeah. time we get to see what an Indian pro team can do and, um, yeah. you know, what they're bringing to the table and, and get excited for them because that has been one of the most um, supportive and big communities within the game. We were yeah. advocating for them. They got it. We're proud of them. We're happy for them. But now they get to like they get their champion. Right. You know what I mean? They get that. We were heard. We were represented. We got here and now we're going to worlds and I'm excited for that. Yeah, what a story that would be too. If they, you know, they get to send one team, right? They're a one team region. They send one team. India takes world championships. I mean, imagine? that would be so huge. Dude, that would be so huge. Well, cuz cuz naturally uh, they're the underdogs because we we know nothing about what they do, really. And, and there's been some Indian tournaments, don't get me wrong, but we we haven't had the storyline. We we haven't mm -hmm. been able to watch it unfold. We don't there's not a lot of representation almost it feels like. I don't really know um, you know, any big figures in the Indian community. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens when, you know, they, you know, for lack of a better term, like they join the world, right? They're joining everybody else. Finally, yep. it feels like, and, and that's really exciting for them. Yeah. This, this is all, everything about it. So exciting. Uh, I don't know if either of you have some final thoughts on it. I'm just unbelievably excited. I can't wait to see 
who is going to Worlds. And then, of course, I when these teams go up against each other, a part of my heart will always be with the NA teams because I, as someone who's watched esports for a long time, I feel like NA is just you know we never not we never the region. <laughs> We're not the region, so I can't wait to see what they do. But yeah, um, I'd love to hear some final thoughts if you guys have it, and then uh, we've got a few more things I want to talk about. Okay, here. what do you La- think? Last thing I'll throw out yeah. there: we haven't seen nothing yet because this will be our first worlds, but. China is crazy at mobile MOBAs. Just going to throw mm-hmm. that out there. We haven't seen nothing yet. Give it time. This game will be released in China. Yep. We haven't seen nothing yet. Very true. Doob snacks. I'm good. I'm going to leave it where we're at. Excitement unbound. How's that for Love a night move? Love it. Let's talk about, we have an update coming and we have year two of Pokemon Unite coming. Obviously, these are uh, separate. We have an update coming on the 20th or so. uh, And then we have uh, year two of Pokemon Unite down the road here. We'll talk a little bit about this update because I don't think this update is in any way year two of Pokemon Unite. But uh, I assume we're probably going to see some balance changes. There will probably be uh, some new stuff added to the game the next Pokemon will probably be added or a couple Pokemon will be added that we may know of very, very soon. Uh, so what do you expect uh, with this update coming up here, Crashy? Um, downtime. I, I think this is the, the, the thing that we, we look for whenever we look at these update notifications that they, they let us know that there's going to be a downtime. And, I you know, I come from the technology world. I, I worked as a computer technician. And I worked in technology departments. I, I had some hands-on networking and server training stuff. I don't really understand the technical process of implementing these patches on games, multiple platforms, getting it all out at once, but they take these servers down and they do the downtime. They, they, you know, implement the files or what, again, whatever all actually happens, but the implication of a downtime is usually a good one. It means that there's a lot of changes coming or a Mm -hmm. big patch or whatever is in the package of files is substantial enough that they, they feel they need to take the servers down or go through that process. So the implication is a little bit bigger than just your, character release because with character releases they usually pre-patch the character in and then they're basically just flipping the switch on it right you know hey del fox is in like i'm on the shop literally at the hour when it ticks on the shop refreshes they're there this is a patch they have to take files and put it into the game and get it in our hands so first and foremost el chico evie where you at you know what i mean like i'll I'll be waiting i'll be i'll be scouring twitter at you know midnight 1 a.m waiting because the the patch comes out on monday at 3 a.m eastern um 12 pacific or like you know midnight pacific um so yeah i'll be up i'll be watching to see what we get all the cool hollow wear maybe a new battle pass trailer a couple leaked pokemon maybe so uh the implications are big there could be some system changes could be um something we we don't know about but yeah it's right around the corner what do you think dupe snacks any thoughts on uh a little bit of downtime what what you'd like to see maybe um, I'm always down to see some Holloway on some characters that are a little, little light on Holloway. And when I say Holloway, I don't just mean like, hey, a purple headband. I mean like the ones with all the cool animations. You know, there, there's a couple Pokemon sitting out there that don't have like the ones with five different animations, right? Like on the recall, on the KO, on the run, on the Unite move. Like I, I want to see some of that stuff for, for some of the characters that are played. Um, so that's just like a personal wish of mine. And I think you mentioned earlier, Spraggles, uh, that maybe uh, maybe old Blissey's going to get gutted for uh, for the time being. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens because that Pokemon is absolutely absurd. Um yeah, I mean it's just crazy from top to bottom. Absolutely ridiculous. So those are kind of like the yeah. two things I'll loft off out loft out there. 
I'm I'm with you. I think we'll probably get some uh, information through nefarious means, and uh, you know that is what it is. Always very exciting. I love to see it, and I definitely think we're going to see balance. I've noticed that they've been very careful throughout the tournament series of uh, their balance patches. They have not been as sweeping. I don't know if you remember, but before the uh, Unite Championship series, I felt like the pages of balance changes were bigger. They would make some bigger changes. Mm -hmm. And given that the game is in probably the most balanced state it's ever been outside of a few Pokemon, they've been a lot more careful of not creating uh, a situation where it's like, dang it. Now every single team has zero aura on it. So they're they're They've been really careful about balance. Now that regionals will be done. I think this is their chance to really try to tidy up some of the balance issues that they have. So we could see some love for some really under underwhelming Pokemon. They're not bad, but you know, we don't competitively really get to see too many, Zara Auras or Mamo Swines, mm-hmm. Snorlax, you know, there are a lot of Pokemon. Mr. Mime is completely gone. So we could definitely see some balance changes in that department. And then always, yeah, maybe some new Pokemon, maybe some new hints of what's coming to the game, which could be really cool. Let's talk about year two, which would, I mean, technically happen mid-July. But in my mind, I think of year two for Pokemon Unite being after World Championships. I don't think we'd see any massive changes until they have kind of fully done their big tournament and then we could see what really feels like year two for pokemon unite what do you kind of hope for or expect crashy um so so i think you're right i think that the the thought of them doing any kind of like actual game changing changes in you know mid to late july it's probably unlikely because for anybody that knows i i think there's already a date pinned but worlds is going to be in august so Worlds is happening in August, but they're not going to change something drastically because if they did, for one, it leaves leaves room for bugs. But also, you know, they would have played this crazy long series to play a completely different game or something. So probably won't see that. Um, but I do think that we'll get a big event, right? Like there will be a, an mm-hmm. exchange or a unlock this, maybe a game mode. They maybe maybe even go big. I, I've been talking about it for the longest about you know, what a perfect time to introduce some crazy popular Pokemon, like a Mewtwo event Mewtwo. or something. Yes, like, of course, Mewtwo. I, they got to. I, I don't know that they'll do it year one anniversary, but like something like that, I think it would be appropriate because that doesn't, you know, that doesn't change, you know, um, Mer Stadium. Is that the stadium we play on? Remote Stadium? Remote Stadium. Yeah, remote yeah stadium. it doesn't change Remote Stadium um, to add some crazy event. But yeah, I think I think that we'll, it's obvious they're going to do something. They 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 want to celebrate the the one year anniversary of their own game, but they also want to get the player base excited. And you know, being able to say one year anniversary as a marketing term just alone is is an exciting thing. So it's a it's a good opportunity to do something big without necessarily completely changing the game. And then, what was the release date of mobile? Does anybody remember? It was about a month after, right? Was it was it the end of August was mobile? Because yeah. I was going to say, because that could be August. the, you know what I mean? That could be the one year anniversary. You remember the true launch of the game felt like it came around mobile. It, so that It was the be. true launch, by yeah, the way. I remember totally playing was. it. You and, you and I crashed it because we've been playing since, you know, the beta day one and all that stuff. And then the mobile version comes out and both of us the thought, UI was oh, okay, so everything this was, was the real version of this game. <laughs> For sure. So, so yeah, we could definitely see something on mobile anniversary. That could be really big potential. Is that right? Is it September twenty second? Is that yeah. right? That's what I'm looking. Yeah, it up. was. It because it, wow. it was it was like a few months after, right? Yeah, I guess that's yeah, or a couple months, months after. 
So wow, yeah, you okay. never know. Maybe maybe September is where they they really you know step on the gas and say, hey, well, you know, we're, we're we're here to do some stuff. Or it could be right after Worlds too, but something around yeah. it. I mean, if they do what cut do the think, difference between the Switch release and the mobile release, that puts you at Worlds. So uh, that that might be the the kind of um, split there. If we're just talking in terms of uh, you know year one type stuff, I think a huge Pokemon release is is definitely on the horizon. Definitely some cool Hollowware. Um, if you're talking about stuff I'd like to see in the game, I would love um, the win- world's winning team to get their jersey or something in the game. Um, wow. As- or each region. Could you imagine that you could buy really your cool. region's jersey? Oh, dude. That even if it was good. just like, even if it was just like a country jersey, you know what I mean? Like a, like a trainer country jersey. And I talked about this um, on my stream not that long ago. They could do kind of like what Dota does, where I don't know if this would be anything they ever do in the future, but they could do like a compendium where they sell a package of mm-hmm. cosmetics and then it's like crowdfunded to the prize pool. And like the, the thing about this game is that it has all the framework to be a very successful esport. It, it, it's on mobile, which we know mobile games do very, very well. It, it's got a, a phenomenal IP. Like the the potential for them to really do something big like that is is big. I don't know if they, and it's mostly because it's a, it's a Pokemon IP. I don't know if they would ever give like the actual brandings their own items in game. Like if like yeah. you know game and gladiator jersey. But but you never know if they did do something like that. That would be really cool. Or even if they, they had, actually like, designed oh, Hollowware for the Pokemon that they won the finals with or something like each player gets to choose one and then it's like you know you put it in the shop they get a little bit of kickback you know but like hey if you're a zugrug fan you get to have your blissey wearing whatever zugrug wants your the blissey wearing you know something like that i think there's just uh, something in game is very capable and we've seen it be incredibly successful Mm -hmm. through mobas to give your champions like a little bit extra you know obviously the the money the recognition is great but like there is nothing that a gamer would like more than be to be immortalized within the game that it's they're the legacy. That they dedicated their time to yeah, I yeah think that's they actually that. already did that by the way a little bit because all the cowboy hollower yeah, i got 60 yeah. percent of that i knew i knew you were bringing something cowboy up but no i i actually I get think 60 i think the most likely thing if they were to do something like this and you, and you nailed it is whatever the like the game or the the world's championship winning game is like if it's a game three or a game five or whatever whatever that team comp is they could build a jersey, a world season one jersey, mm. and put it as a hollowware on that character, or give them mm-hmm. a special icon or shoulder bat, or put like put them in some kind of armor that's indicative, like because that could be really cool, you know, to see that comp in game immortalized as the season one winning comp, you know, ah, yeah, oh, that would be so cool. I think I Dang, like that idea. That's the such most. a cool. That it's is such, such a cool, a cool idea. idea. Oh, but I can't I can't wait to see what they do with that. Uh, that's going to be really exciting. Obviously, year two. I mean, we could probably talk for hours about some of the stuff that we'd like to see in Pokemon. You know, we've talked uh, a lot about a some sort of draft mode, a pick and ban, obviously more Pokemon changes to the map. I I would love it if it felt like, you know, you came into Pokemon Unite and you went, wow, this when I played it and it first came out, I'm playing it now. I feel like it's pretty different here. This main map is pretty different. The obviously the the sort of loop of the game is going to be roughly the same, but I would like for a player who maybe didn't check out the game since launch to really feel like it's different when they hop into year two. I think that would be pretty huge. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, looking just real quick, some quick hit lists for you to change the map up. You know, the winter, uh, the winter with Articuno instead of Zapdos and, and and stuff like that. I thought that was just a cool switch up. It's a different flavor. You know, you had the bear ticks and the cub chews instead of the bees. Like that's a lot of fun. It's just a visual change, but like you said, Spraggles, it refreshes us a little bit. Uh, I think something like that would be great. I think season two competitively, I think we do hopefully need to start looking into the draft type pick ban scenario. I think that would really kind of get some legitimacy to the competitive uh, uh, edge there. Uh, but what I want to kind of throw out there into the ether, you know, that and this is going to fall on the shoulders of you, Spragos, you, Crashy, to some extent, Unite Mics, to all the other content creators out there. We are going to be responsible for carrying this game the Monday after regionals to the next large event. Uh, because that window with so few competitive teams being pri- priced into Worlds, it's going to be up to us to keep people interested in the scene, keep the competitive scene going through grassroots events, through organizing that stuff, for us, you know, propping up the game uh, that we care about, because that period, that three months is going to feel like an eternity, um, and we need to make that go by a little quicker for, for all of the folks at home if we want them to buy into the competitive edge on Season 2, right? That's you're you're absolutely right. I mean, as I said before, it after regionals, I mean, there's so much excitement around it, but there is this weird moment where a lot of the teams who didn't make it might be like, well, I mean, I'm going to go play Apex Mobile or, or whatever or something like that, you know. Uh, so, yeah, there there is going to be this weird feeling of uh, wanting to make sure that the game is still alive and breathing throughout that whole time as we move into season two, because I know there will be a season two of the competitive scene there, there has to be, I think it feels like they have some long-term plans from this game, but yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. It's funny. Um, way, way, way back. It might be even in my first 10 videos that I made about this game. I, I posed a question in like a talking point video or commentary video. And I just basically said like, will this game be an esport? You know, is it, is it built for that? And, you know, it was like a, yeah, I could see it or a little bit of pushback. Oh, it's just this casual, you know, kind of MOBA. And like, you really look and see where we are now, like 10, 11 months later. And it, it really does feel like the perfect game to continue pushing esports for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know at times it's it's kind of easy. And even even I do it a little bit. I'll, I'll compare this to Pokin and say, like, you know, does this game have the legs? You know, can it can it really go the distance? And I, I see a very distinct difference. And um you know, the, the thought of like, you know, we, we are going to lose teams after Worlds for, or after Regionals even. We're, we're going to lose some teams. We're going to lose some players. Uh, but I don't think that the scene is just going to like implode. You know, I, I think that there is a there there's a future in this game that the IP brings just by having, you know, a, a diverse roster of characters to pull from. There's a future in this game just by, you know, the promise and the excitement of wanting to get into tournaments. I mean, I have people ask me all the time, how do I get into competitive? Where do I find a team? The interest is there. I, I do look forward to seeing what happens post Worlds. I, I've even think, been thinking about the fact that you, you know big events like Worlds are a perfect time to announce something, right? Like they could announce oh, the yeah. next big thing. They could announce the oh, if you loved season one or the first Worlds, well, wait because you know we're announcing next season will also have you know a million, two million dollar prize pool, but the next season will feature pick ban phase, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 we could see something like that. We could be a month later. It could be on the, the anniversary. We hear something crazy about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've been saying for a while, you know, with all my issues that I have with the game, 
competitive is is the thing that is the s tier of this game it's what carries the game it's what i get excited about not even being a player and regionals i'm so excited about the future of competitive i'm excited about i love seeing what these teams and these players are doing and i can't wait to see what um unite has planned because you know they, they definitely have plans right they definitely have plans absolutely yeah i can't wait either it's all going to be very cool year two is you know it's a big question mark but they have so many pokemon and so many things they could do with this game i think if if they do this right it's going to feel like year one was also just the beta test for where this game is going so i can't wait to see it i've got a few before we uh leave you all here i have a few questions for dupes next maybe crashy does as well but i'm curious as someone who watches more competitive Pokemon Unite than maybe anyone out there and, you know, breaks down what's happening with a lot of these teams. What do you think is something that a lot of the big teams are doing that they think might be right or a good play, but is actually maybe not super ideal? I know that's relatively vague, so you can take that in any direction you'd like, but is there something you see as a caster where you go, I think we're missing it here. Um, I'm going to go back to the thing I've been saying ad nauseum, and that's the ability to power through adversity. Um, you look at the top teams that keep showing up, that are keep like rising to the top, and it is your gaming gladiators and your black hands. It is your random esports. I know they had one player swap, but to its essence, it's had been the first, you know, the same four people from the jump. Um, a lot of these teams just haven't blown themselves up in the face of adversity or in the face of a bad tournament broken apart. And I'm certainly not saying stay in a toxic team where, you know, people are incredibly rude to each other or anything like that. But you have to be able to come together and say, well, that was awful. <laughs> what just happened? Let's take a step back. Let's analyze it. Let's take a deep breath and we can do this. Let's take the next step together. That's what I'm looking for. And I mean, especially with an esports so young, you know, first year, I know kind of semi pro esports. Some people are getting paid, some aren't. They're trying to find their way. It makes it even more volatile. Uh, but I think there's, uh, there's proof in the pudding there. And I think it's been proven specifically in esports time and time again. Game of Gladiators, Blackhand. You look at Gengar's Goons, which was kind of always the, the team that always showed up that kind of got laughed at on the outside looking in. But I mean, they blew it up in the February finals, and they, quite frankly, the only thing that people knew them for was always showing up the same five people, right? Uh, and they were able to deliver because they overcame some form of adversity. So that's what I would say uh, as I would implore teams to consider uh, before just scrapping it down and breaking it down to its parts and then trying to rebuild. You know, maybe figure out that, you know, you don't have to scrap the car to just change the windshield. You know what I mean? You can just do that and then move forward with a functioning functioning apparatus. So that's my two cents on uh, competitive teams and how they can maybe uh, grow within the scene and see better results. Yeah. Crashy, did you have uh, something to throw at Dube's here? Dube Snacks? Yeah, let's see. For Dube Snacks, if you could change... This is just the hypothetical. I like doing doing hypotheticals because the answer doesn't really matter. (laughs) If you could change one thing about the competitive... The way that the game is played competitively. Gameplay mechanics, whatever you want to do. what, What would be the one thing about the way that the game is played competitively that you would change? That's a tough question. uh, Currently, right now, competitively, the way it's played. Um, If we're talking about like tournament structure uh, overall, the process, I think this is nothing new. I think the the championship point allocations is a little bit bizarre in terms of what they actually translate to. I don't think they're 
it's non-zero importance. Um, I do think seeding is going to be relevant specifically in regions like NA where, you know, you do need to carve a little bit easier path because there's so much upset potential. Um, but I don't necessarily think that it, it delivers what it needs. When you have teams that can literally like step away and say like, oh, we're in top four, like championship was over point. There's no money on the line. Let's just step away from this one or whatever. Kind of like we saw Blackhand do in the May finals. Like that's because there's an important piece missing to keep people vet- invested. Um, so I think that just on a tournament scene is kind of uh, something to throw out there. Um, if we're talking about gameplay mechanics, uh, you know, let's figure out how we can get Hoopa and Blissey to be less cornerstones uh, of, of <laughs> yeah. composition so we can see different Pokemon. Obviously, it's not going to occur for this particular weekend, but just holistically overall, something that the game devs can think about uh, is how they do that. Personally, I think the easiest solution to keep this from necessarily happening again is don't introduce mythical Pokemon or Ultra Beast or anything like that as playable characters. I know we're going to get Buzzwole or whatever, but I think when you naturally do the thing when you're pulling from the pool of the strongest Pokemon in the game IP that you kind of feel priced in to have it do absurd things, and then that kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy to kind of what you're seeing with Hoopa now. Um, You know, when you look at you know, Delphox, amazing release, you know, very interesting. But when you see maybe like a buzz will come out, maybe we're going to look at its kit and we're going to watch it playing a holy smokes. And then we're like, well, it's an ultra beast, you know, so it needs to be turned yeah. up to 11. Well, you can't really like turn it down once you set that precedent. So that's just a random thought I actually had yesterday that uh, I kind of kind of firmly believe in now. I think you, you just kind of price yourself into making overly powerful Pokemon that kind of bend and break the game in weird ways. Um, so just don't do that. That's that's a really interesting way to look at it, too, because you're right. I mean, if they're bringing in Vaporeon, they're not going to be like, How do, it's Vaporeon! Like, what do we do? You know? Exactly. But for some of these bigger ones, or for instance, as we've talked about Mewtwo, you can't release Mewtwo and then have... 50 YouTube videos come out going, it's not very good, you know, I don't know, maybe low B, high C tier, like, you feel like they'd release Mewtwo and it would be like, whoa, that's that's a really interesting thought on uh, what happened with Hoopa there. I just think the mechanic they introduced was just bonkers, whether they put it on Hoopa or they put it on somebody else, they just entered some, uh, they put in some bonkers mechanics through that character. I'm I'm curious, Stacks. Uh, what do you think they could do to make casting this game more exciting or better? I mean, I, I have, you know, those basic ideas of I would love to know what, you know, who has a Unite move up or something like that. But is there anything that you would love to see uh, so that just something you'd be more excited to talk about inside the game uh, if they changed? Sure. So uh, first one, Unite move is obviously a great tick. Um, I do think changing the texture of how fights go is important um so i'm fortunate you know as a caster i was very fortunate when the buddy barrier thing went away right because as i as the play-by-play caster i know crashy said you know you have storylines to tell uh you have uh analysis to do but when you look at dube snacks on a cast like that's not what my job is in a game my job is to literally tell you what is happening on screen to draw your attention to certain points so you can kind of follow the absolute mayhem that's occurring right because it's kind of unfollowable at times, specifically when it was pre-Buddy Barrier nerf, when it was just all Unite moves flashed across the screen at once. You saw health bars disappear and then the fake, you know, the, the shield bar come up and then it was just jabber on for a couple minutes and then we had like a real fight afterwards. So changing the texture of how uh, fights happen is important. Um, I think we're in a decent spot with that. 
right now, uh, but also keep it that way. You know, when you have Unite moves come in and do different things and change how that approach happens, that's going to be important. Right now, it kind of seems like find the Bliss assistance when you're casting. That's like the important part to follow, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's a game change. It was changed up, but you know I think we're kind of reaching the end of that shelf life here. Hopefully we get the Blissey nerf that switches it up, and then we have a different texture of how the fights uh, roll through. And I think that's going to keep it not only interesting for the folks watching at home, it keeps it interesting for me casting. It allows me to be more flexible, right? Because I'm not always saying the same things or drawing attention to the same things, um, which in turn helps me improve. Uh, so quick hit couple things that uh, I hope made sense through my rambling. Can I can yeah. I answer that question as like a viewer? Sure. Let me see. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Cool. Um, I would love to see uh, objective health higher. That I think that that would make the game more fun to watch as a viewer because there are some games where it's like, okay, this team's getting stomped, and the only win con is like hard rip zap, and it's like, or or there's team comps where it's like the full rip comp that came out. It's like, okay, the goal is literally just to wipe it off the face of the earth. And it almost I, like sometimes as a viewer, even though the game's only 10 minutes, it's not that bad. I'll be honest. It's not like I, I hate watching the game, but sometimes even with the 10 minute game, I'm like, oh, I feel kind of robbed. You know, I feel kind of robbed of the team fight. And um, I, I think even if they were to buff, like, say, Zapdos health specifically, I wouldn't want it to be so big that you can only fight. Like, I like that, that there's kind of a dynamic of what's oh, kind of ripping. We need to think mm -hmm. about fighting. We need to do this. But I don't like that. It's so easy to kill. That it's like, dude. Sometimes you'll you'll literally see someone in L bush and they're running down and it's dead. Like that. Like from the time they go like around, they whip that corner, they step down, it's gone. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I feel I do feel a little robbed sometimes of that. So, eh, just my my little thought. I think objective health could be twenty percent higher. Could be twenty five percent. Could be cool. Could be cool to watch. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, there have been a lot of proposed changes to maybe how an objective could work, so it didn't feel so flippy at times, but I agree. I would love it if it was a little higher, just just high enough where, like you said, a full rip immediately didn't work as well as it does. Like, give it a little more time just so, you know, okay, they're not in the pit right away. Uh, and that doesn't mean that the game is immediately over. Like you, of oh, course yeah. you, you still want a team to be able to take that down if the enemy team doesn't show up, but yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little too frail right well, now in the, for sure. In the, uh, in the volatile nature of a 10 minute MOBA, you need a comeback mechanic, right? It has yeah. to be able to get scored by the other team to some degree, but you actually reminded me because we, you literally brought it up unintentionally of the capture point idea and like the thought of, the thought of like Doomsnacks casting, yeah, semi-intentionally. No, it was your intention. You just didn't say it. You said like other ideas. Yeah, but I knew, I knew what you. I incepted it. Yeah. I incepted you, it. Into you put your it. Brain. Yeah, you put it right into my thoughts. I would love to see a Doomsnacks cast over a dog pile fight over a capture point. Um, Doomsnacks, have you ever seen like competitive hots at all? Here's the storm. Not here's the storm. No, I mean I've I've watched so you, a little bit, but I'm not familiar enough with the game to understand like how the objective you, contestion goes. So I, I, have you ever heard us talk about this particular topic with a capture point objective? Uh, I've heard you talk about it, yeah. Okay, so okay. essentially... I told him to listen to all the podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whenever, yeah. Whenever, like, for example, in this scenario, if they did do something like that, when Zapdos is killed, it would spawn a circle on the ground, and it's got a dual-colored bar above the circle, and one half is purple and, like, one half is orange, and the team has to cap it all the way to completion to get the benefit of Zapdos. 
But the way you do that is by standing in it uncontested. So what ends up happening in Heroes of the Storm is to secure the boss. It's called boss. Like they have various bosses in that game to secure the boss capture. You have they basically team fight as like a dog pile on it. And the and it's calculated, though, like the tank will step in and then they'll step out and they'll like they'll like health bar swap or they'll throw an ability on it. And like, for example, like if Snorlax was meta, Snorlax could heavy slam and block shove everybody off of it. Then they'd be popping full heels to keep themselves in like it, it would get so Oh my god, it got ripped, but now we have to think about the positioning. And oh, he jumps over the wall in 2 KO. Like, it would get so crazy just because there's a circle on the ground, and that circle's the game winner, basically, you know? So I, I would love to see that. That would be a that would be a highlight of um me as a viewer listening to the to the Dube Snacks cast. Well, I mean, I, w- yeah. I, w- I would love to 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 take a stab at it, that's for sure. That's for sure. That I think that? I think that's a really cool idea. I mean, there are so many things that they could do. I I wonder if when we get into year two, it does feel like the end game is a little different because imagine if there was an end game fight where it did somehow make sense for a couple people to stay and fight, but then a couple people to peel off and score, and then they come back to fight. And there, if there was a capture point, you could literally have well, three of us are going to stay, two of us are peeling off to score, two of the enemies are peeling off. To, like there could be a lot. Uh, happening with a mechanic like that or uh, a ton of different mechanics. But yes, I, that I was alluding to a capture point or some type of system like that. Gentlemen, this has been an absolute treat of a podcast. I want to thank you, Dube Snacks, for coming on. It's always thank a pleasure you. to talk to you, my friend. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me personally. Home address, home address. Home address, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Social security number is... Um, you can find me on Twitter at Doobsnacks, D-O-O-B-S-N-A-X. Uh, but if you don't like following my shenanigans, just uh, follow at Unite Mikes, um, spelled as phonetically as it is, and uh, find us so you can see when we're doing like Overdunk, Late Night Unite, casting events, and uh, just the general goings on of what uh, me and Zoinks are up to. Awesome. Yeah, I want to say again, thank you to you for coming on the show. Uh, big ups to Loosh. Good luck with the uh, regional championships, my friend. Thank you all for watching and listening. If you saw this podcast in video form, you can get it in audio form over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the place, places podcasts are found. If you're listening on audio, you can find it on my YouTube channel. Spraggles, Crashy, any parting words? Um, regionals, man. I Like, I... I was talking about it yesterday on stream. I just like, I don't even know what to think. It's going to be a crazy weekend. It's going to be emotional, exciting, heartbreaking. It is going to be, this is, this is the weekend of Pokemon unite. And, um, the only other thing I can think is that after worlds, you, you know, if, if a dev or someone from Pokemon company ever listened to this after worlds, the best thing I can say is dare to be bold, take some chances, you know, try some things out. You got the, the world is your oyster in terms of developing this game and, and making some changes. And I, I look forward to to welcoming those changes. So I'm looking forward to the future of Unite. I mean, that's really the best I can say. I, I think that there's still in this game so much potential. Absolutely. That's actually what Crashy texts me every morning. Not about Pokemon Unite, but he's like, hey, man, dare to be bold. Like, get out there, do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all. Yeehaw to you and yours. I love you very much. We will see you all next time. Goodbye. Mwah.